Hello, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on out there? Welcome to Intergalactic Interviews. This is episode 75. We're well into our senior citizen life right now. Episode 75 is a beautiful time. We're here with uh, a beautiful and a talented guest. But before I get to that, I just want to let you guys all know that uh, this show, this particular episode, is sponsored by the lovely folks at Float House. Uh, this episode is actually recorded on location at Float House uh, and the Vancouver Real Podcast Studios. It's a beautiful place, uh, beautiful area. And uh, I got to tell you, if you would like to come check out a isolation tank experience, this is the premier spot. This is the best spot in Vancouver. It's it's undoubtedly the best franchise. You want to come check it out. It's floathouse.ca. Um, right now, for our listeners... We have a fantastic deal. If you want to come and check it out, if you've never tried a float, you can get you right now 20% off any float. All you have to do is use our promo code, and that's II Podcast. It's not nautical, bitches. It's not II like a pirate. It's II. That's lowercase i, lowercase i, <laughs> podcast. And uh, that will give you the promo code to get 20% off. So, yeah, again, isolation tanks, uh, it's a super cool uh, experience. It's like basically a spa for your mind. It, it really gives you a, a feeling of tranquility. It's for everyone. It's for uh, the athlete focusing on the big game. Yeah, sports, what's going on? It's the guy uh, who, uh, who just needs a minute away from his job. It's the lady who has to, you know, she's tired of dealing with those goddamn kids and just needs a few minutes alone. It's, uh, it's for everyone. It's a beautiful thing. And... Uh, I think I think you should check it out. So go ahead and check out floathouse.ca. We're very happy to be associated with them, and uh, hopefully they're happy to be associated with us in Intergalactic Interviews. Now, that being said, uh, to my immediate right, I have uh, my special co-host right here, my dude, Mike Saavedra. What's going on, bruh? How you doing, man? Uh, I have uh, the, I'm going to say illustrious, uh, C-Mart rocking uh, the camera over there. He's, uh, he's our guy running our gear. Uh, he's amazing. He's basically just fucking pure gem, national treasure. That's the theme of the day. And uh, that being said, my guest today, oh my goodness, this has been a long time coming. Uh, my guest today is Paige Sierra. She's a fantastic photographer. She's uh, uh, worked with us on uh, myself and several artists I produce. She's like one of uh, my favorite people to hang out with. She's super cool, super talented, super smart, very funny. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Paige Sierra. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, what's going on? <clears throat> this is your first podcast ever, right? First interview ever? Pretty much, yeah. You could, you could say that. Wow. So you have really done a good job at staying under the radar. Yeah. Why do you feel like you had to play the background for so long? I don't think I was playing the background. I think, <laughs> I think just, you know, the opportunity hasn't really come up. Maybe. Hasn't come up? Yeah. I, I feel like because this is your first podcast, are, are you comfortable with the mic? Do you want to get right up on the mic? Should I get closer? Can, can you, I don't know, C Martin, is that coming in okay? Is that okay? Yeah, that seems good. Maybe I'll just adjust it. Okay. Ooh. Oh, shifty. Awesome. Okay. So, hey, what's hey. going on? How was your day? What did you do last night? Uh, pff, nothing exciting. It was the Super Bowl last night. <laughs> Fucking sports. Big sports. It was a good time. Sports. I lost a lot of money. It was fantastic. Did you? Mm. Hey, what did you? You did bet on the fucking uh, the Panthers. Well, yeah, just making prop bets. Oh yeah, did it's you? All, all about the prop bets. Didn't you bet on whether or not uh, Peyton Manning would cry? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did he cry? No. <laughs> I lost five dollars. Too bad. Also lost. Uh, what was it? Um, Beyonce shoe color. 
uh, whether or not she was going to be showing cleavage. There her was shoe color? Lost, yeah. What was her shoe color? It was black with uh, gold. What did you guess? Silver. Really? Yeah. Well, she wore black last time. Silver shoes? Though? Why not? Okay. Just, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's a Super Bowl. Anything goes, right? That's true. Yeah. What color are your shoes right now? They're red. Red? Yeah. Those are like, let's see. There's actually mirrors in the table. I can see through the table. Yeah. Yeah, those are like fire of the sun red. Those are pretty cool. I feel like Kanye West when I wear them. Hmm. Kanye gets hmm. a lot of buzz talk on this podcast. Oh, actually, I know that. I heard that last week with Sunny. Yeah, Sunny's a fucking killer. So is Steve McGowan. Those guys are super funny. Well, I love Kanye too, so. You yeah. do? Are you a big fan? Like yeah. super fan? Well, I kind of more just think he's very entertaining. I love it when people hate on him, though. I'm just like, yeah, well, he's a genius. He's still famous, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like, I don't know. I always say I like his production, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm like 50-50, basically, with his vocals. But I like his production. I'm always like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's that's that's true. I I do really like his music. I don't know. I think it's great. Yeah, why not? It's, it's fucking. Great. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's pretty interesting that he's at a point where like everyone just fucking hates him basically, no matter what he does. But uh, yeah, but any criticism is good criticism, like I, you were saying before. That's right. <laughs> you know, you know, kind of reminds me of like Justin Bieber, right now. Oh. There's like such a a winds of change around that guy like didn't that guy used to like seriously have the world the universe against him like not only like a year or two ago and now you just drop one hot album that crosses over to a bunch of people and everyone's like oh actually this justin kid he gets it he gets it but wasn't he just caught doing something even fucked up recently like wasn't he he wasn't he um i think he was caught like pissing again in public at like a mcdonald's allegedly Oh, allegedly. Wow. Yeah. I'm just going to start spreading rumors and then I'll just start saying in the McDonald's. At a McDonald's. Like in the. I'm going to say on the counter. The yeah, I'm going to say on the counter. <laughs> was it in oh, a yeah, the cleaning counter. bucket again? <laughs> yeah, in a cleaning bucket. <laughs> That's like the only thing about Justin Bieber I might know that yeah. he pissed in a cleaning bucket once. But at mm. his age, though, I'm, I'm not fucking surprised. I mean, the guy's got more money. He's got squillions of money, of yeah. dollars. Like, he's just so much money. There's no question about it that he's going to be able to, you know, fuck up in just magnanimous ways, ways that people that don't have that money aren't capable of doing. Isn't that true? Because if he was just some kid with like $100 in the bank and he pissed in a fucking McDonald's bucket, everyone here would be thinking like, yeah, there's a whole city full of them. There's a glass separating how many people out there mm -hmm. from them, from us right now, you know? I don't know. It's just strange. It's strange the way we've been uh, kind of moving forward. Actually... I got a fucking story for you guys. Check this out. Is it about pissing in a McDonald's? No. <laughs> Damn it. It's an even better segue than that. Oh. Uh, I was reading on uh, the weekend, and I saw a story that is so fucking unbelievable. I'm going to try and pull it up right now. Basically, it's something I've always dreamed about doing, and it happened to this lady in Australia. Okay, let me pull this up here. It says, uh, da, 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 where is it? Um... Oh, yeah. So this wife crashed her own funeral to, like, shock her husband who had paid to have her killed. Did you guys hear about this? Wow. This is insane. This That's is in Australia. Sense. Yeah. So it's even crazier. So I read the story, and it's like this guy uh, married this woman and started to think that, hey, you know what? I'm not looking as good as I used to. She might be looking at other guys. This might get fucked up is basically what she was and what, what he was thinking. So he he did the logical thing of, you know, I'm going to hire people to kill my wife. 
which is like so fucking crazy. But uh, he decided he's going to like hire these hitmen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he hired these three like thugs. And uh, I guess uh, the woman, um, she like got kidnapped, taken to this house, this whatever abandoned building tied up. And they interrogated her. These, these three guys were like, what? What is it you did to like make your husband want to kill you? Tell us. Tell us right now. Like, just screaming <laughs> in her face. And she's like, I don't know. Nothing. I didn't do anything. I don't, I don't know what the problem is. And uh, they're like, well, lucky for you, we don't kill women. And so they gave her copies of the contract, like the receipts. Okay, first of all, I'm just, I'm, at this point in the story, I just want to say I'm amazed that they have contracts and yeah. a receipt. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine them typing up Proof an invoice. Payment. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, in case they wanted to claim it on their taxes or Services something. Services like, rendered. Yeah. Murder. <laughs> It's, it's definitely notarized. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> they just want to make sure it'll hold up in court. Yeah. 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 So they gave, they gave her all the proof, essentially, and the cell phone records. Uh, but the thing was, they had, they called him in front of her at first, because she was like, my husband would never do this to me, blah, blah, blah. And so they called him in front of her, and they said, what should we do with her? We have her. And he's like, kill her. Kill her right now. So he, she's like, oh, fuck. So she laid low for a couple days. And then she knew that they were going to have this funeral service. Now, imagine this guy. He thinks he has it all figured out. He thinks it's totally settled. He's never going to see her again. Fucking freedom time. Boom. I don't have to deal with heartbreak. Just the murder of my wife. And then uh, what happens? She shows up. I'm going to imagine on horseback. Just triumphantly coming up to the uh, funeral procession. And uh, uh, I don't know. I would love to fucking know what he said. Yeah. What was? What do you think the first thing he said was? Like, oops. Fuck. Fuck. He's like, <laughs> fuck. I'd be like, fuck. That's Fucking dumb. Crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty blown away by that. I don't know. Is anything like that? Have you ever heard of anything like that happening before? I've never even heard of that before. No, Have but you? This, this you said you this is something you want to do because that's how you started the story. I always wanted to you... show up at my own funeral and be like, surprise. Not really happening. So like, morbid. Always. Yeah. I mean, I haven't thought about it in a long time. But I used to think, in high school, when you know when you're trying to kill time in, in class, I used to like sit there and think, like, show up to my own funeral. Ha ha! And like, laugh in people's faces. But I'm like, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. It's not like, uh, it's not like <laughs> I'm planning this or anything like that. But if you guys want to come to my funeral next week, that'd be fucking, that'd be great. You know, something like that. No, okay, look. Jesus fucking Christ. Ridiculous. It's getting a weird angle. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's getting weird angles. In yeah, we're getting there. It's probably because we're doing this at 3 p.m. and not our usual time of 7.15 prime meridian, which is p.m. Did you know that? No. That's what that means. I didn't. Do you know what a.m. means? I think it means anti-meridian, I think. Do you know that? I don't know that. You no. didn't know that either? No. All right. Fuck this. I'm going to ask you. <laughs> these are all great facts so far. So yeah. far. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good stories, good yeah. facts. Good contributions so far. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'd like to know something. When when did you start? When did you start your career? When did when were you like, okay, I'm going to become the most badass female photographer, mm-hmm. this side of that side? When when was that your first thought? Um, I would have to say that that probably did come when I was in my second semester of university, but I had already been doing photography for years by then. Years? Yeah, I think um, I got my first job when I was 14, and I bought a camera. What was your first job? 
McDonald's. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you have to work the counter? Did you work uh, in the back? Drive through. Drive through. So fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was drive through, like, the better of the two, of it's, the three? It's the best because you, like, you don't really have to deal with the most people, you know what I mean? You get to hide <laughs> in the back. And I did, like, making the making the, the burgers and stuff, too. I remember that. Matt, this is so long ago. I can't believe I'm admitting that. But I, <laughs> I just guess I don't like customer service that much. So I liked being in the back. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, that was, like, when I was 14. But it wasn't until I was 18, I guess, that the decision was made, and I was like, this is it. I'm not doing anything else. You totally stacked those chips. Stacked those chips and went right for the, what model of camera did you buy? I bought a Minolta. This was a Mm. film camera. To be honest with you, I can't even, I don't even know what the model was, nor did I even care when I bought it. I just wanted an SLR so bad. Is that one of those ones you have to crank with a handle? No, it's... (laughs) It's pretty like a, similar to what a digital SLR would look like, except yeah. for you put film in the back of it. Okay. It was it was a time like the top of it was digital too, so it was kind of right before digital cameras took over in a sense. So. So you bought this Minolta, and then what was your first project? What were you like? Okay, now I have a camera. I can do whatever I want. What, did you, what was your first thing? What well, you... my first project wasn't actually with that camera. Like, that oh. camera, I, I always photograph musicians. That was, like, my favorite thing, just mm-hmm. to go to shows and see if I could get backstage. But the first shoot, like, photo shoot I can ever really comprehend in my mind as, like, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny because I think about it now, and it's like, wow, it's so similar to what I do now. And it just, it's weird how things come full circle. But it was a shoot, all black and white, of course, uh, with a friend of mine, my best friend in high school, and I think we were behind the movie theater, and it was one of those point-and-shoot cameras my mom got at some point and gave up on and that like was like a cyber shoot. shot it was just totally probably even before that it was probably a kodak, a kodak honestly yeah. it was a kodak with with like maybe two settings on mm. and off oh, fucking kodak <laughs> but it, it's that's so funny because now i like see a lot of the work i do and it's still black and white and it's still people and it's still that like lifestyle kind of look. yeah so it's just really funny how things come around like that's that. that's totally your flavor i think that's, yeah that's right that's why it's been so consistent over the years right yeah I am very highly attracted to black and white images. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, is grayscale the right term for that? Uh, I'm maybe. trying to relate to you, Paige Sierra. Yeah. I'm trying to give you terms that I know. Uh, very, just very, buzzwords. Yeah, buzz, I just throw it out there. Buzz. It's because like, I said that to you last week. Yeah, and like, is it grayscale? Yeah, I'm trying to... Is trying it grayscale? To, yeah. yeah. That's what it is, right? Yeah. It gives, I mean, grayscale is like the gradient. It's like the basically white to black transition in from white to black. I'm trying to... Create the illusion to the audience that I know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, I'm like, do you know uh, grayscale? And then I'll talk some Photoshop terms, and I'll be like, it's like you have to burn it but dodge it, you know? Like, <laughs> it's okay. I'm just yeah. trying to make it seem like I know what I'm talking about too. Oh. So we're in the same boat. We're too. We're too yeah, fra- grayscale. We're two fraudulent people. <laughs> Three fraudulent people. What's Svedra? What are you fraudulent at? Also photography. Also, yeah, you're also uh, fraudulent at photography. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm like always like so fascinated by um, how you choose your compositions, like what you choose to shoot. Um, you brought up you shoot musicians a lot, mm-hmm. but like where where do you get your inspiration for that? Like where is it just daily life? Is it like in the moment capture? Because like you shoot more. Do you shoot more still like artist shot like like uh, press photo type shots or do you shoot yeah. more live photos uh, mostly like the stuff i like is more press press work I, I mean i do do live shows but it's just you know whenever i kind of get a chance i used to do a lot more before but you like to enjoy live shows yeah more definitely. than shoot them yeah. i mean i love watching anything through a viewfinder it's kind of been more you know 
my life or more than half my life. So it's it's not something that's out of out of the norm for me. Mm. But yeah, sometimes you just have to put the camera down and actually watch the show. But what's the first concert you ever went to? Ever? Oh my goodness, Ricky Martin, <laughs> September two thousand and one. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the straight era of uh, Ricky Martin. I will never forget. I can't believe you asked me. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Martin. Did uh, did he uh, finish with She Bangs? I don't know. You know what's bad? I went with my grandma. Oh, my yeah. My grandma took me because my mom was sick. Oh. Yeah. Aww. I loved Ricky. Yeah. He's a sharp looking fella, isn't he? <laughs> he always Is had... he still? I don't know. Is he? Is he? He's definitely aged. That was a long time ago. He's, he's got that menudo kind of vibe. He'll He's always, Latin, uh, so he'll always have like yeah. charisma of some kind. <laughs> right? <laughs> Is that true, Savedra? Oh, for God's sake! In? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely true. Yeah, <laughs> charisma. That's that's exactly it. So they do in uh, Mexico. You're like, I don't know. How the fuck should I know? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I I had a um I had a question to ask you regarding because uh, recently you've added a new slash to your title. And uh, you've now been entering into video and directing. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck did this come from? Why did you want to start doing that? You know, I think video was something I had been interested in for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, like, I mean, the camera I was using for a while just didn't have video capability. So I think that was just where I was being held back in that I didn't have the ability to do it. I'm sure I would have started this so long ago. But you know, over Christmas, I just decided to get myself a little present and bought myself a couple new cameras and some new gear. So Nice. Yeah. So Self-presence. Yeah, you know, I've, I've talked about doing video so many times, and for the kind of work that I like to do, it just kind of makes sense. I mean, moving pictures are, are really, like, they just tell so much more of a story mm-hmm. in a sense, and so I feel like it just makes sense for me to make films and videos. Do you have a favorite director right now? Someone that you're like, ooh... I, I like what you do. I could do that. Oh, uh, you know, I I don't really. Not so wow, it's purely based out of just what you love to do. That, that's, just passion, desire. I think yeah, that's pretty unique. That's pretty unique. I think most people in that field probably have like, I don't know. Would you say that there's usually like one person that they go, oh, I love their work. Oh, I'd love to emulate that. And you know, there there probably is. But I think my inspiration comes so much from the photography as it is. And I do have people who inspire me with my photography. So I guess I can still kind of go back to them in a sense. But I mean, I, I'm like the way I procrastinate is to watch music videos. So I'm sure there's a director that I've seen tons of their his, <laughs> his or her videos and just love, just don't really, haven't really educated myself that far yet. What's the last dope vid- video you watched? <sighs> Come on. Dang it, this is so bad. I don't even No one will judge you. Just everyone forever. The last good video I really watched. Oh, I don't really know. I've been listening to the, you know that Bryson Tiller? Do you guys know that? Bryson Tiller. Do you know this person? I do not. I don't think I've had the pleasure. Why don't you tell us about it? Bryson Tiller, hip-hop artist. I don't know too much about him. I kind of, again, randomly found him by procrastinating and watching music videos online but I've been listening to so much of him and he doesn't have any real music videos yet so I'm just kind of waiting you know okay what okay hold on you've been watching him but he doesn't have music videos you know like YouTube can you could just like the album cover comes up that's what he has on on the on there so like whenever I like go on there it's it's just oh so it's like audio so you use you utilize YouTube like like an audio player sure yeah I mean I use any Audio, visual, yeah, mostly to watch to watch videos, you know. I was just given a, an account for Spotify. Do you use Spotify? Yep. You do. Do you use Spotify? Um, I haven't used it here, but every time, like every time I'm in the states, I've used it 
I, it's new here, right? Like we haven't had it forever. Or yeah, is I, that something else? Well, I don't know. What do you, <clears> do you it's, know? it's been around for two, three years here. Okay, but now with uh, like audio just went under, so a lot of people are now jumping over to the Spotify. Oh, world. that's right. Yeah, I think it's cool. I like it. We just listed a bunch yeah. of stuff with RDO like last fall. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of clients I work with, they're like, "Yeah, can you list a bunch of music we had with uh, all these different vendors?" And RDO is one of them, and it was like a like two bucks or something to list with them. And I was like, "Oh yeah, no problem, sure." So we submitted all this stuff, and then it was like, "RDO goes under." <laughs> so I don't know what they do with my two bucks. Probably gave it to some executive. Probably some some guy with a golden parachute. Had to leave. A golden parachute. Yeah. That's what they call it when they have, like, uh, executive bailouts of, like, oh, a shit. failing company. Like, like oh, if, uh, if you fire me, I get $50 million or something like that. Right. Golden parachute. Because yeah. they jump out of those high-rises, I imagine. Yeah. I don't know if RDO ever had a high-rise. Probably not. Probably it didn't Probably extend. Not. Like, <laughs> I don't know. $2 didn't help. Maybe they should have been charging 5 Probably. I'm not an economist. I don't pretend to be. I don't, I don't pretend to be a lot of things. But I do enjoy, uh, <laughs> I do enjoy uh, learning what it is exactly uh, you plan on doing coming up in the next few years. Like, what's, what's your big plan there, PHDR? Do you have a big plot? Do you hate when people ask you your big plan? Or do you have a big plan? Not really. I mean, I think I'm living the plan. Yes. And, you know, it's just going to continue as Good it answer. goes. I mean, like, I'm very happy with the way things are going right now. Vancouver has been a great city for me. But, I mean, I do spend a lot of time in California, and I do want to continue to, you know, keep going back and forth. Or You travel so much. Yeah, yeah. Do you collect air miles? What the fuck? Do I do? don't, and I was thinking what? about that the other day. I know. I was like, fuck, like, why don't I get, like, an air mile? I have an air miles card. I just don't know where it is. So I'm really bad with, like, wallets. I hate carrying around a wallet or a bag or anything. Unless it's got a camera in it, like, I'm oh, not carrying it. So. If you're traveling, you need like the aero plans points know, on right? the credit card so that when you're buying your flights, I just know. adds yeah. up. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, I travel in all kinds of ways. Like, you know, I don't just fly, I drive and take the bus sometimes if I need to or the <laughs> train, you, you know. Do you ever risk it? Do you ever hitchhike? No. I, although <laughs> I was recently in Tofino and the person I was with, picked up a hitchhiker oh my god it was like a friend it was a friend of the client actually who was out in Tofino with the client yeah. and it was his friend who was driving us back to the ferry and he picked up the most dirtiest oh. smelliest ginger hitchhiker ever oh and of course god. I was sitting in the back and we all had like a bunch of stuff oh he was so smelly was oh so my worse. god that was my only ever experience with a hitchhiker and I never ever want to go through that again <laughs> that's fucking odd. did he did he look like this voice sounds did he look like Nice shoes. Are you done with them? <laughs> no, it was more like, hey, guys, just going to you clue it. All right, man, we'll drop you off at the fork. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we're just trying to watch Death Cab for Cutie at the Gorge. Woo! It was really hippie. Have you ever been to Tofino? You guys ever been to Tofino? <laughs> Have you ever heard of Pools Land? Pools Land? Do you know this? No. Okay. I don't know. Well, uh, tell us. Please tell real us. Real quick, let's talk about Pools Land. I'm learning a lot I, today. Uh, please. I have a spe it has a special place in my heart. Okay. Um, so shout what out to Pools Land. What is Pools Land? Yeah. Pools Land is, um, it was started by a guy named Mike Pool. It's basically a big area of land where, and, and like, don't 100% quote me on this because I've only kind of heard through passing from a, a couple of, of people and through my experiences there. But I believe that he kind of was like, fuck society, I don't want to pay taxes or like, you know, have to deal with the government, I want my own world, my own little commune Peace. kind yeah. of thing, my own place. So he bought a very large piece of land in Tofino, it's like 
10 minutes before you get to downtown or something. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a great place. As someone who, like, I'm a big city girl for sure, but I, I love being out in nature and I love the idea of just, like, you know, having nothing but your clothes on your back and fending for yourself. And, and that is a lot about what this place is. Like, they grow their own weed. I heard they have, like, their own mushrooms. They have a kitchen out there. God and, damn. And, and people live in, like, you know, there's a bus. There's, like, the magic bus. And a woman lives, I met the woman who lives <laughs> in the bus. But it's awesome. Okay, wait. Like, it's so cool. <laughs> and you can camp there, so you could go and take a tent and, and camp for the night. And it's, like... It's not necessarily free anymore, but I think that was the whole idea around it, was people could come and live for free. And it was very popular for backpackers and travelers. So it's like a parcel of land that, that was communal. Yeah. And there's a lady who lives in a magic bus. Yes. Please tell a- us about this. What is going on? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm taken aback by this. Please tell me. What, what is she? What's her name? Do you know her name? I don't remember her name. And, you know, we just, I, I've been to <laughs> Pools Line twice. What do you uh, think it is? What do you think her name is? Probably like Mara. Mara. Mar- 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 that was a combination of Marla and Mara. <laughs> I don't actually know. That's her name, Mara. Her name's probably Mara. Gridundal. Granola. Say, yeah. Gr- I don't know. Granola. Yeah. <laughs> Mara Granola. So Mara Granola <laughs> lives in the magic bus. Okay. Okay. And it's just like a short little bus, and the back has been converted into a little bed. There's like a kitchen kind of in there, you know, as far as kitchens and buses mm. go. Okay, so she's like a kitchenette. Okay. Yeah, but it's a great place, and there's like a big, I can't remember, it's like a big, oh, the pyramid house. There's a big pyramid house. So someone has actually come in and built this giant pyramid house on what? the top of the hill. Okay, what a fucking strange place. I'm it's imagining amazing. this. So there's like yeah. a pyramid. Yeah. And there's a magic bus. Yeah. And there's like, what I imagine to be people frolicking. In the summer, especially, like the last time I was there was a lot, it was a lot warmer out, so there is a lot more people, but people come to camp and... Paige Sierra, is it a, is it a nudist It's place? not a nudist place. But can it be? I'm sh- I'm sure that there are certain rules. Like they they definitely have rules. There's people there that kind of take care of things when you you know come in. But people will come in by the busload and and hang out for a couple of days or a couple of months or whatever. It sounds know? super relaxing. The the thing the reason why I say it's such a great place yeah. is because it is it's just such a peaceful place and it's such a like it takes you out of that like living in downtown Vancouver kind mm-hmm. of feeling. It's like this is what we could you know, this is how we could be living and people are doing this. And, and it's so beautiful to me to see people come together. And like, even if it's just growing your own weed or cooking together, like that's great. I Mm -hmm. I love the idea of a community. That's why I love sports. You know, I love everybody kind of going for one thing at the same time. Something really beautiful about that unity. That's super beautiful. Thanks. That's pretty cool. (laughs) How many dreadlocks? So many dreadlocks. So many dreadlocks. Even in the time that I've been there, I mean, I went there uh, maybe May of last year, and then was just there, I think. Actually, I think it was in November, so there was a lot more people there in November than there was in May, but... Like, there's, like, Rastafarians, and then Impostafarians, and then, like... It's just a lot of travelers. A lot of good travelers. Yeah. You know what the... Not a lot of showers, though, so lots Mm. of Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Is that where that hitchhiker fellow was from? I believe he was coming from there, yeah. He probably stopped off, yeah. right? And that's where that's why the story the came smell. up. Cool yes. And the smell, yeah. That would be my first rule. Yeah. I'd say everyone must be bathed <laughs> twice to three times a week. Medium. Probably. Medium, you must conduct yeah. a medium amount of bathing. But, so, you know, I know some people who have lived there for a long or short periods of time, and they're just some of the most amazing people I've ever met. And they're, you know, they're very generous people, and... I, I love Tofino. It's probably one of the best places I've ever been, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. There are versions of that place, though, where like the it always seems like there's one guy 
on the compound who's like, yeah, this is free love, and everyone's everyone's allowed to enjoy this place. It bring nothing here that you wouldn't bring, whatever, like to some some journey. But then, uh, you know, the bottom line is he's just trying to fuck. He's just trying to fuck. There's like one guy there who's like using it as like the ultimate pickup line, essentially, to like try and try and be disingenuous about it. But that's not this place. But I'm just saying, doesn't well, it seem? Well, there's bad seeds everywhere. Yeah, so. that's what I'm trying to say. Doesn't it seem though like th- that's kind of the case? There's always one guy, and it always it's always preceded by if you'll just put money in this tin cup <laughs> and donate to the. <laughs> Donate to the society or something like that. Well, fortunately, I've never met anybody like that at Pools Land. So Pools Land yeah. sounds like a great place. It is. That doesn't a, have anything like place. that. Yeah. Sounds like a great place. Definitely. Um, I've never done the communal thing. I've never been to like a hostel. It's very. Really? I've never. Well, okay. What is the. You just described a paradise place. That is awesome, right? Yeah. What is, what's the worst hostel place? Like, all I have from my experience is the film hostel. Okay. The so, film hostel? Yeah. What is that? You know, the one where they lure tourists into this, like, basically, is like. It a movie? It's yeah. like a murder oh, amusement yes. park. Um, I've been to some pretty, pretty bad hostels when I lived in Asia, actually. Oh, my that God. Was, that was kind of ugh. If you had ever seen this film, you would never have done that ever. I'm just saying because, like, it, it's just like—is it in Asia too? Oh, it's like this. It's like they lure you by your opposite gender, so they'll be like, like they'll be have oh, some real sharp-looking guy come up to you, Paige Sierra, and he'll be like, "Hey, uh, me and my friends, we're all hanging out after this, and uh, you know, you—it's uh, free drinks. You should come. Uh, it, it's good music. Uh, we're, we're not bad guys." And then you're like, <laughs> "Sure," and then you wake up strapped to a chair, and they blowtorch you to death. You know. I mean, I mean that's a hostel for me. I, and I understand. <laughs> I, as somebody who has traveled a lot and been to lots of hostels, I mean, the, the, I think the most important thing to do before you travel anywhere, especially overseas, is read a book. Like, <laughs> like just read a book. There's so much knowledge out there. I mean, Lonely Planet will tell you where you can go to get a home cooked meal by some random lady in like an alleyway, but she'll just accept you. And like, you know, there's there's what's, amazing books out there. What's that? Uh, what's is that a book? Lonely Website? Planet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's oh, they have them for like BC even. I'm so. Like uncultured. If you want to know like little it. secrets about <laughs> yeah. towns, please stuff. tell me about it. Well, I actually used when I lived in China. I used a Lonely Planet book as basically my guide, and I didn't, you know the ever, other travelers I met was it was the same thing. Like lots of people had those books, and they're awesome. And they just you know tell you about great hotel or great hostels with you know safe places to stay and places <laughs> to eat and like you know cool little shops and stuff. Like it. it it's a book like this thick and it's a tome like a sounds like a tome it's like a bible of traveling wow yeah it's really great and you can get them specifically for like bc or vancouver or, you know it's it's pretty is great. it up to date because like they, it's a book right? it's not the internet them, i believe they update them quite often because of some of the information they have in there it's just like okay what if that isn't exactly true next year but i do believe they update them quite a bit because you'd be putting a lot of faith in like going to like say boise idaho and like you're like it says here in the book this is fifth edition, or whatever. <laughs> I don't think Boise, Idaho has one. It's probably it's, yeah. more of, it's more of a pamphlet. Get off yeah. my land, boy! And I don't know necessarily if you would need a guide of Boise, Idaho <laughs> by any means. So I mean, they're kind of specific. How dare you talk down about the great cultural richness of Boise, Idaho? How dare you? Well, I bet it's great. I'm sure one day I'll end up there at this rate. Yeah, I've never been. Yeah. Can't say I've been. I think I have been to Idaho. I think we just drove through there once, but. Yeah, I flew over it a couple times. 
we prob that's probably most of us have. Yeah, that's, bas <laughs> that's basically the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm being so dismissive. I don't know why I'm being so dismissive today. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Not exactly a nice person at the moment. I'll tell you what, though. I've been thinking a lot about uh, just exactly what the fuck it is we're doing on this planet because a lot of weird things are happening. Looks like, pretty sure, not to doom and gloom you, but Trump wins the goddamn election in the U.S. I was thinking about this the other day. I was, I was looking outside in Vancouver downtown, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about how there's all this talk about them putting up a wall in Mexico, or, or the U.S. is going to wall up the Mexican border, and they want the Mexicans to pay for it. That was like the big thing Trump was saying. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, what's really terrifying is if the U.S. goes to war with anyone, it's just going to be such a mass flood of refugees over into Canada. Mm -hmm. Like, this city will be inundated with millions, mm -hmm. millions and millions of people. And I was trying to figure out how the fuck we would be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. What do you think we should do in that event? I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny to say that because I mean, with all my American friends, I can't even count the amount of times I've heard them say, you know, if Trump wins the election, I'm moving to Canada, which to me is so funny, but also not the first time we've heard it. I mean, with the yeah. last presidential election with uh, Obama and... God, I can't even remember who the other guy was I think that the ran now. Mitt, oh, yeah. Yeah, Mitt Romney. Everybody was <laughs> like, if he wins, I'm moving to yeah. Vancouver. I'm like, okay, guys, well, my apartment isn't that big. But, I mean, it's... <laughs> you put them all up, yeah. In my personal experience with, like, you know, going back and forth over the border, like, Canadians wanting to go to America or Americans coming to Canada, it's not easy. It's not an easy process by any means. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work if you have no family ties or mm -hmm. enough. Like if, if you're not sponsored by somebody like someone for work, couldn't so. you just allegedly cross the river at like Dog, Dog River in Saskatchewan or something, or like maybe catch a cruise to Anchorage and then just walk down? Like couldn't you know how far is it from Anchorage to uh, Vancouver? Pretty far. Pretty far. <laughs> it's like Anchorage. The, yeah, it's like it's like uh, you're like just to be clear, it's the distance from Vancouver to LA. Like <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Maybe even longer. Like it's like what one casual two, stroll, two minutes, couple, couple yeah. days, couple days. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's an interesting, it's an interesting subject for sure. But at the same time, I mean, I have all kinds of faith in Americans that Trump is not going to win the election. Well, he just yeah. lost a critical caucus in Iowa. Yeah. The rich culture of Boise. Idaho. Boise. Idaho? Iowa. Iowa. I don't know. I don't know. Things. I think Boise's in Idaho and Iowa's. God, right. why do I even fucking try? <laughs> I, have, I don't know half the shit I'm saying. I'm yeah, fraud. It's, it's been kind of hard to, <laughs> to follow a lot of that stuff, too. I mean, I there's been certain things I saw. Well, the last time I was in California in December, there was you know major shooting in San Bernardino. There was... Oh my God! Yeah, you're down there. Stack. And I was down there at the time. And and to me, like San Bernardino, that's you know it's close enough to home. Like it's very close to home. And what? I found that to be actually two things on that quite interesting because first of all, it came the topic of Trump comes up because of gun control, and that's why you know initially I was kind of following more about what he was saying. And then I mean, my thoughts on gun control are something totally different. But what are your thoughts on gun control? Uh well. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm all for it. I do believe that we should be allowed to, you know, be armed and carry concealed weapons. And I, I, I think that there's all kinds of precautions that are taken in order to make sure that those guns are in the hands of not necessarily the right people because everybody can right. get their hands on them. And that was kind of the thing. Like, Obama, sure, go for it. Like, you know, tell us we can't have AKs or whatever. I don't know if you know this, but AK is apparently America's gun. 
<laughs> even though it's Russian made. Yeah, it, it is. And it's because you can buy them for, it's in a specific type. And I was told it's by a, a gun advocate in the US and he, that you can buy them for like $600. And that's, you know, that's is not that a what lot. A, is that what an AK goes for? 600 bucks? There's like a couple different, I know there's different types and I don't know a lot about guns. Is it like, is it, maybe it's like razors. Maybe we're like, you know, the first, the first one you get with like a half a clip or something like that, and that's 600 bucks. But then the clips are like fucking 12 grand or something like that. Some insane shit. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I like guns. <laughs> Definitely like guns. Like, I, I think they're, I think it's cool. I like to go to the shooting range for sure. But I mean, no matter what, whether or not there's a ban on on weapons or whatever, people are going to get their hands on on them. It, it's just too easy. Mm -hmm. You know, you see 16-year-old kids with guns, and and it's, it's you know it's possible. And so I don't think that putting like hard or intense, more intense gun restrictions is like a way to go by any means. Well, uh, I, I'm only going to ask uh, these questions just to further have you uh, elaborate. Okay. Okay. These aren't positions these are just i just want to hear more because that's that's very interesting to me so yeah. i just want to hear a little bit more so like the first thing i want to ask you is let's just go through some guns like in terms of firepower and you tell me where the cutoff should be okay like should people be able to own handguns yeah should people be able to own semi-automatic handguns I mean, I don't know that much about, okay, so define what is a semi-automatic handgun? It's one that just like fires without know? having to put uh, the clip, like do the clip part. Is that what it is? Seymour's nodding his head. Right? I take his... You, uh, just, you can just yeah. shoot them without moving the clip every time. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, sure, yeah. Okay, so then uh, should people be able to own like, uh, like would that be an Uzi then? Semi-automatic? No? No, like okay, an Uzi's well, like a machine gun, fully right? Fully automatic. Yeah. Fully, fully automatic. automatic. Okay, what about <laughs> automatic weapons? I Uzi. mean, there, there you go. Again, it's something that I'm, I'm not. Like, Should I, I don't... be able to wear an Uzi while going to Whole Foods? No, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I, I think it's not that. That comes down to whether or not it's even necessary. Is it really necessary? Do you really need something like that? It's a great question. I, I believe that there are people who are, you know, they're gun advocates and they're collectors and hobbyists and they like to shoot guns. And so all different types of guns are obviously appealing. I mean, as a photographer, I want to try all types of cameras. I'm not just going to shoot with Canon. Oh, I know? see. So it's like an. It's like an equipment fetish, almost. Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's people out there who treat guns as a hobby. And then, you know, there's people out there who use guns to kill. And it's, it's those are different people. That's very, yeah. that's very fascinating. That's actually very bang on. It's very true. Cool. You got big fans out there. I do, yeah. yeah. People, people yelling in the background. <laughs> uh, I, I think, uh, I think one of the craziest things about gun control is the arguments are just so, so divided. Like, the argument is either your argument, which is, uh, I feel the stance is we should have as many guns as you want, as long as there's enthusiasts that want to have them, mm -hmm. high five. Whereas like the other stance is, if we had no guns, we'd be safer. Whereas like, no, because criminals will still get guns, yeah. and that's the counter argument to that. I don't know where I fall on that, because when I hear something, like when you talk about San Bernardino, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that was like targeted, premeditated, and they had access to firearms. Absolutely. Um, how do you fight that? You can't fight that unless you have massive amounts of mental health investment. You have to have programs in place that can detect that. But then like, how the fuck do you detect that? Yeah, it's, I mean. I don't know, dude, you that's can, tough. I mean, with mental health, there's no way to ever, ever predict, predict what someone's next move might mm -hmm. be, you know, whether it's violence or not. But, but I mean, they bought yeah. a weapon. 
yeah. shouldn't there have been someone there to say like, hey, you have medication that says you shouldn't own a firearm? Well, I mean, I'm not sure what the process is as far as owning a gun in the U.S. Just because I've never personally purchased one. I do yeah. know it's different than here. My, my brother owns guns, and I've you know I've heard about kind of it's a lot easier to own one here. I'm not sure if they do that kind of stuff. I know there's background checks, but I don't know if that involves mental health issues or or like you know that kind of stuff in the past. I, I'm not sure. Um, in in the case of like you know going back to talking about San Bernardino, you're saying there's no way to really prevent that and. This is exactly kind of what I mean by, you know, being allowed to carry concealed weapons. And this opinion is obviously something that a lot of people may not agree with, but I do believe that, you know, had someone been in in that same room in that conference and saw this going down and was somebody who was a licensed gunman and was able to use that weapon, I would encourage him to do it. So like a, a like a conceal and carry. Absolutely. What if it was like the receptionist and you're late for your appointment? and you give her a bit of sass. Then we have a reverse San Bernardino, where it's like people are just shooting each other over very mundane things. I mean, didn't we talk earlier in the show about the wife who was contracted yeah. to be killed over just because the husband thought he was going to leave or mm -hmm. she was going to leave? Something like that. I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know where I stand in this, but I do know that I, I feel like if there was more guns, we might be in a fucked up state. I don't know. I feel like that's very possible too, but it's also possible if we had less guns, we'd be in a more fucked up that's state. That's true. It's such an interesting topic and it's kind of funny that it came up because it is something that I do have opinions about mm -hmm. being somebody who feels like, you know, I, I do feel like I have a, you know, half American in a way. I may not have, may not be dual citizen, but I do feel like I live half of my life in the, in the States and I do educate my, myself on, on things going down there, especially when things like San Bernardino happen and you're not even an hour away, you know, watching it live it, it's you know it's, it's very close to home and yeah. so it makes you think about it and a big thing for me was that that when that happened was shortly after the terrorist attacks in Paris and you know you right, saw yeah. people all over Facebook reaching out pray for Paris and I think that's great I mean I obviously am fully supportive of, of that but I found it so interesting to think that you know that happens in Paris and everybody around the world chimes in like you know, like Kanye just dropped a new track almost. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, guys, what about San Bernardino? This is like, you know, like yeah. I'm saying an hour away and they're, you know, saying this is a terrorist attack and this is happening, but no one is talking about it. No and one's no one's you know, changing their, their photos to flags. Yeah. No one's like changing that. their Facebook status. Like we're all not getting like, and, and that to me was <laughs> so confusing. Like it was really, really confusing. And, and I just didn't understand, like, why don't you reach out to people in your community as well? Like, yeah. you know, it's so close to home for me. I think people probably react the way they did in that scenario, probably because it's easier uh, to justify it as, like, a million miles away, those poor people. That's what it probably feels like. Because yeah, when you're like, oh, my God, it's in my backyard, it's terrifying. It's a personal issue that it's, like, embarrassing. You, you don't want yeah. the world to know, essentially. Um, I, I personally think that a big reason why there was not much reaction to it was because of the way that the media was playing it off as like potentially not a terrorist attack because that was like, it was like, is it, isn't it, is it, is it like, we don't know whether mm -hmm. or not it is. And I think that like questioning that, like if you say like, this is a terrorist attack, then people are automatically like, holy shit, like this is going down and, and people's attention is focused on it. But once you put that little glimmer of doubt that, okay, maybe it isn't a terrorist attack, maybe it's just some crazy guy, then I think people retract and they're they're not as genuinely concerned yeah. because they're like, oh, it's just another fucking crazy yeah. guy in America with a gun. And or they pull back and they, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and people are just too afraid to comment on something if if 
they're not positive, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. if they're not sure. And that, it, ironically, like I never really post on Facebook that often just yeah. because I'm such a sarcastic person and I feel like <laughs> people will take it in the wrong way. But it, it actually did prompt me to say something. And that exactly what I said was, you know, it's, it's tragic what happened in Paris, but I can't believe that people aren't reacting to something so close to home. It's, you know, whether yeah. it be my friends in California or my friends in Vancouver. And Vancouver and L.A. are very, very well connected. Like, you know, a lot of yeah. people I know here, I know there. And it, it's just an interesting kind of turnaround to see that people don't react that same way because of fear. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like, the way the human mind compartmentalizes tragedy is just fucking astonishing to mm -hmm. me every time. Because you can... You ever... Okay, this is a good, this is a good example. Do you ever... Have you ever... Uh, you ever spoke to someone who had recently lost a parent, okay? Mm. Um, which, for the majority of people, will happen in your lifetime, okay? Like, that's, that will definitely happen for most people. Um, so when it happens, uh, because of the inevitability of it, everyone, no one likes to really think about it. But it will happen to people. So when that happens to someone, have you ever known someone where it happens and then it, it just kind of, it doesn't, it like almost registers for you more than it does for them? And they, yeah. they're like fine the next day. And they and especially when they're really close and you're just kind of puzzled by that. I'm like, cause I always think I'm like, man, my parents, I'm like, holy fuck. I, I don't know how I'd handle that. And then you see these other people, they're like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's good. Yeah. How, how are you doing today? And they're yeah. totally going about their day. Have you ever met someone like that? I mean, I, I have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, my, I feel like my stepdad actually is kind of a person in that way. I, I feel like he's, I feel like maybe not like a strong person and that's why he acted that way, but I think there's a certain amount of acceptance and also I think that everybody hurts differently. Differently, totally. Yeah. And you know, maybe maybe like when, you know, his mom passed away, it was something he had already in a way accepted, but also maybe it's more internal for him. I mean, I am so much like that. Like I don't, you know, I don't really put all my feelings out there for the world mm -hmm. to see, you know, and especially in a situation where you feel like you were so close to that person, you might almost feel a responsibility to, you know, make sure every, everybody else is okay yeah. in a way. Yeah. No, sorry, Mike. Uh, did you just hit the mic? That's okay. Yeah. Just sorry, tilt that up. up. Just push it up. Oh. It's okay. Like that? will tell you if it's too loud. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's fine. No, I totally agree okay. with you. Uh, you know, the grieving process is just such a very uh, unique thing, and it's weird, like, you know, in some cultures, it's uh, it's like weeks and months of, uh, of dedication that people put into it, and then and then they move on right away. And then for some people, it's uh, you know however you want to handle it. It's uh, I mean, in North American culture, there's so many vices that mm -hmm. are easy to like shadow that and like not ever have to deal with it and stuff. It's uh, it's pretty tough. I don't know myself personally. I uh, I I don't. Uh, I don't get upset. I remember one time I had to do a show. This is like probably almost a decade ago. I had to do a show and uh, I was already booked. It was like months in advance, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the day of the show, the night of, I was like an hour away from sound check and uh, I got a call and my grandfather passed away. Mm -hmm. And uh, I knew it was coming, but then I also was like, obligated to do this show and I didn't want to back out on one but I also needed to like respect uh his life so I I was very, I felt very pulled and I still even when thinking about it now I still feel very pulled between those two points even though mm -hmm. I did the show but like 
I didn't want to make a spectacle of it on stage and be like, well, tonight's the night, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say anything. So I just said something at the very end of the set. Like, it wasn't like, this is my last song. Just want to say, da, da. It wasn't like that. It was like, I literally said the last thing. was like, thank you. That's it. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to acknowledge it in a certain way. But I did also didn't want to let down people that came out to watch the show. So I don't know. It's strange. If I look back on it now, though, I feel like I'm not exactly certain how I would have went the same way. I don't know. It's very strange that way. Yeah, that is strange. I don't know. It's a great vibe I'm bringing into this room right now. It's a very dark vibe. It's kind of of fitting. It's okay. Yeah, (laughs) my idea was like, let's do the show during the day, guys, and then we'll have this nice bright atmosphere and everything, and they're like, let's talk about gun control and death. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I never expected I would be coming on here talking about gun control, that's for sure. No, it's good, though. You had some very fascinating points. Do you... Do you feel like you're kind of contrarian in that way? Like that you hold like kind of opposite viewpoints that a lot of general people feel? Because I would think like most people on the surface hearing what you were saying there would probably not attribute that to like who you appear to be and who you are. Like, I, like I don't think people would think that about you. Like maybe this, not, yeah, but... You know, you're this like entrepreneurial badass female in you know doing photography and then directing and stuff like that uh in vancouver in the pacific northwest and Mm -hmm. then you're like but you're like pro guns like do you know how fucking like that 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 purse does not match those shoes yeah i I guess i understand what you're saying i mean i think that with the amount of traveling that i do and just the person that i am being very open-minded to you know new ideas and new cultures and and stuff like that i just think that i've been i've had my mind open to it you know i've i've just I don't know. I'm initially like, if I think back, I don't think I ever really had an opinion about guns until I was able to actually like shoot them, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then you're like, oh wow, okay. Like, <laughs> there's there's a there's a fun side to this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's kind of the beauty of people, right? I mean, it's nice when the purse doesn't always match the shoes. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, that is very yeah. true. I mean, I've got all kinds of opinions, but it doesn't. I don't always share them, you know. What other kind of opinions would you share? <laughs> there um, you go. See, this, this is the thing about me is that, like, I always say I'm a very private person, but I always also say that if you ask me any specific question, I'll answer it because, yeah. you know, I, I won't hold back. I'm a very well, honest person for Well, this sure, is your so. first podcast ever. Yeah. Not just on this show, but ever. Mm-hmm. And then this is also your first given interview. Yeah. You've never... So I, there's just so much I, I, I could ask you, but I feel like, again, you've done a really good job about protecting certain aspects of your life. Yeah. And so I But I don't, don't be afraid to ask me a question. I can ask you. You can ask me anything. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, I guess what I'd say is, uh, you know, being a female in this industry, mm-hmm. it can be like incredibly uh, intimidating for some people. Very, very intimidating. Uh, intimidating for the people around you too, when they, when they know you have to be in situations like where you have to go... Uh, late night out and shoot these crazy shoots. You have to do all these crazy meet and greets. You have to network all the time and all these things like that. Mm. How has your profession affected your life, your relationships? Um, Yeah, it's a pretty good question. (laughs) Um, Thank you. And a valid one, I think that you could probably ask any artist especially. Yeah. Um, I do believe that, you know, my career and my passion is the most important thing in my life. Um, but I also know that people are different than, you know, what your passion is. And it's very, very, very important to be passionate about the people in your life also. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 
as far as relationships go, definitely been a little bit harder, but you know, you have to be a certain kind of person. And I guess intimidating is probably the the best word in that sense. Right. I do work with a lot of men. Yeah. Like so like romantic <laughs> boys. Uh, really, yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like kidding, so so like romantic relationships are difficult sometimes to deal with. Is that is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Um I think that, you know, depending on what kind of person you are, most men most people do get jealous and there's always that that possibility, you know, and yeah, I work with a lot of musicians and a lot of musicians are men, but that isn't always the case. Like mm -hmm. I'm not always working with men. Something I tell people all the time is that, you know, what you're seeing is a final image and that image might be of, of a man and I'm a woman, but like all of the people behind <laughs> the scenes, the makeup artists, like my assistants are all usually women. That's right. You know, yeah. whether, I mean, generally I work one-on-one -on -one with the client, but when I do have that, it, it is, it is women. And it's kind of a funny thing that you bring it up because it has come up a lot lately and or not <laughs> not a lot lately let me take that back <laughs> it has come up more recently more than recently, than yeah. i would have you know expected kind of with this conversation but it's something to me that you know as far as relationships go if you can't handle what i do then you're not gonna handle being in a relationship with me yeah i'm very fast-paced i love to work i love to be jumping around like i love going from one thing to another as much as i'm like oh gotta be at this place in 10 minutes it's like mm -hmm. I love leaving one place and going to another, one shoe to another. Like, I, I like that. And I like working really hard like that. And sometimes it doesn't allow room for a relationship. So. That's right. You're yeah. also one of the few people I know that use, still uses a physical day planner. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course yeah. I do. <laughs> the last meeting I was in with you, you were like, let me see if I'm available. And you like pulled out this like notebook and it was like a day planner. I was like, they sell those still? What the fuck? And you're like, yes, I have a box full. <laughs> no, not even. Okay. That's, I just want you to know that day planner has made me the most organized person ever. And in fact, I have been working even harder this year. And like, you know, it's, it's obviously I just got the day planner seeing as how it's only February 8th. There we go, February 8th. So I'm six, six weeks, five weeks into using it, and it's proved to be quite useful. Yeah, it I, was actually a gift. I actually got that as a Christmas gift, and it was something I wanted. It was a great gift, so I was very grateful for it. That's a good line yeah. to take, though. When you mentioned earlier, you said, like, uh, you know, you're, you're very fast-paced, very, like, you know, uh, dynamic and how you're like, you want to switch between this topic and this topic and this topic mm -hmm. and then go through things and different goals. Um, but you're right. That's a good line to take uh, is that you're like, if you can't handle that, you can't handle me. Yeah. It's a very firm line to take. I know I've taken that in my life and uh, sometimes it immediately ends relationships. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it, uh, sometimes it immediately, uh, accelerates where things are going like if it's good at the time you bring it up then oh man all of a sudden things are awesome look how much they understand me yeah um but it's like fuck you need that man all the people i know that don't have that firm line with mm. their significant other um in this industry have problems out the fucking ass yeah all the time yeah, all the time it's it's they're always fighting for time but babe, I have to go here. Or, uh, but honey, you know I had to go here. You know I had to do this. Mm -hmm. Why do you have to go there right now? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm very blessed in my relationship. I found a total unicorn in that she's able to just, she totally gets it. Like, mm -hmm. she understands, you know? I dropped her off at an antique bookstore before I came here. I was like, here, smell the books. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be back in two hours. <laughs> I think that there are lots of people out there that are fully capable of, you know, being in that kind of relationship where yeah. it's you know, give and take. And I think the most important thing with that is that the person, you know, both people have their their own passions and their own things going on. Because 
it's important that you both don't have like the same group of friends and you don't do the same thing. Like, I mean, dating another photographer would be very difficult. They've done it in the past and you know, it's like, Have you, have you done that? Yeah, absolutely. Are they like constantly wanting to borrow your lenses and things like that? No, you know, I, it's, I have proven to be the more competitive <laughs> one, which is why I realized that it's not a good idea for me oh, to be shit. involved with the photographer. <laughs> but oh, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love the idea of being with someone who's really creative. Of course, that's like, that's very important to me, but Babe, where's end, my telescopic lens? My telescopic lens. God, you never put it back. Yeah, that would be frustrating. Yeah. I am pretty particular about my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's definitely, I know that there are people out there and I know, like, it's not a hard thing. I think... If you focus on relationships, then that's what you'll have. If you focus on your love and your career and whatever, you know. I mean, photography was my first love, so I guess that's why I call it my love. And that's oh. all that matters, you know? Yeah. You, it is all that matters. Yeah. It truly is because, fuck, man, time goes way faster than you can possibly imagine. Yeah, before you know you're 27. That's right. <laughs> How old are you now? 27. 27. It's a great year. It's a good year. It feels really good so far. It's a fucking good year. I was not anticipating it. I was not really looking forward to my birthday by any means, but it was a good one for sure, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. I've so. never looked both ways crossing the street more than when I was 27. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I, the, the ego in my head was like, oh, 27. 27 club. Totally joined the 27 club. Yeah, he got hit by a bus. What? How awful. As like the world's biggest Jim Morrison fan, I have been yeah. thinking about the 27 Club basically my Big whole time, life. So, right? Yeah. Right. You're like Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. Who else yeah. is in that club? Amy Winehouse now. Yeah. Man. Yeah, Amy Winehouse. What a weird situation. Yeah. But see, when you're like 15, 16, 17, 18, when you're in your mid-teens, late teens, and you hear about the 27 Club, you're like, oh, that's... You, you lived pretty good long life. I mean, that's yeah. 27, right? You like, don't have to make it to 30. That's right. <laughs> and then, you know, like I turned 30 uh, this past year, and I fucking love it. I've loved every second of it so far. It's, like, been the best year. Every year has been the best year of my life, mm. basically. And so, like, this year, uh, I've been pretty fucking stoked. But I remember when I was 27, I was thinking, like, ooh, I'm just getting started. I can't die now. This would be awful. Awful yeah. die at 27. Jesus, I don't even think we rebooted this show at this time. Yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> this is episode 75. Can you believe we've done 75 yeah. episodes of this? It's great. How come That's it took awesome. me 75 episodes to invite you on the show? I don't know. I'm asking myself the same question. You're so busy all the time. You're shooting like crazy. No one ever thinks I'm in Vancouver. That's why. That's another thing, too, is every time I seem to, like, I'm like, are you in L.A.? I, every, every Someone time just asked me that at the coffee shop before I came here. Are you in You're LA? back in town? Yeah. Well, I'm always back and forth, so let's just put it that way. Yeah. yeah. All I want to say to that is if you don't think I'm in town, just ask me. My just phone number has not changed way. in six years since the day I moved to Vancouver, so, you know, send me a text. That should be a, an app. Is there a the thing? I'm in town app? The yeah. I'm in town app? <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, I'm... yeah, that's pretty much on every app ever because you can be, you can geotag yourself, you can turn yourself on. Like, I accidentally went to, yeah. I can't even remember what it was, but, you know, your Instagram knows your location these days, so you don't really need an app for Fuck that. Fuck that. I'm going to sell this idea. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to walk down the street to the tech center. Be like, guys, I have a great app. What if, what if your device knew where you were all the time? They're <laughs> like... <laughs> Bro. We'll call it GPS. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's got to be hip. It's got to be me PS or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's for you. It's a personalized service. That's Personalized what they, yeah. service. Yeah. 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 These ideas are terrible. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I should stick to uh, 
uh, not booking new clients for production. I have not booked a new client in several months because I have been just focused on fixing up everything I've been doing. You book all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask you, in a percentage, a ratio if you're more comfortable with that, but a percentage, how much of your time is actually spent creative? How much of your time is actually spent scouting and new contracts and things like that? Because for me, to give Mm -hmm. you a contrast, is I would say 80% of my work is uh, maintaining and chasing new clients, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that be like state of mind uh, of the clients or like project direction and manipulation and things like that and just trying to get things in in order and and, uh, be a catalyst for for change, Um, whether it's that or whatever, and then 20% creative. Like sometimes it feels like I produce for 5% of the time and then like the rest of it is just like trying to make that happen. Like 95% is just like running around trying to make it work. What's your percentage of, of... I mean, I think it's just as important to focus on like the business aspect of your business rather than just constantly be creating. I think, you know, that's, you know, it's number, number one, really. I always say, I wish that they would teach you business in art school. (laughs) That's like pretty much the dumbest thing ever. The fact that you go to art school, you pay all this money and they don't teach you about how to run your own business, even though they're teaching (laughs) you how to be self-employed basically Mm. here, be an artist, work for yourself, but don't know how to do your taxes. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly. Yeah. Um, so it, what's a T4? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, at this point, I mean, especially, uh, coming into, to this year, it was really important for me to be like a hundred percent in like incorporated business and be running my, my business, um, as I would if, you know, if I was employing someone. So I've got the new studio space in Chinatown. And since January 1st, we're kind of like officially a business is how I'm saying it, I guess, you know, um, which is great. Yeah, it's awesome. And things are definitely moving, but because of that, there's so much attention being put into social media and, my website and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I always have to be creating and that's, that's what makes me who I am. So, I mean, if I'm going to do like a percentage ratio, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know math either. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I want to, I want to say like, if I'm being realistic, probably like 60% creative and 40% business jealous. in a way. Jealous of you. I mean, I, I'm maybe giving myself a little bit of extra because I want to say I'm more creative. <laughs> but I mean, there's two there's two aspects to being creative in, uh, for me. There's, you know, there's going out and there's shooting, but then there's also coming home and editing and that process of things. So there's hours of creativity just because, you know, for one, one hour shoot, you're at least editing for two hours or, you know, in that kind of, if you talk about ratios. Oh, right. Sense, I, so. should, I should bring up that, like, people think photography in 2016 is like show up shoot go to a a red what do you call them red rooms what is it dark room dark room yeah Yeah. oh red room (laughs) dark room i'm well researched for this show you can tell go to like a dark room what is it like a red room what is it (laughs) uh so you go to like you go to dark room and then like uh that's that's the that's the shoot guys we're done we're done but really you're you do how much post work you said one two hours of post for every one hour of shooting? Yeah, I mean, you could you could say it's something like that. It really depends on, on what it is you're doing. I mean, personally, I don't do a lot of editing. Um, I like to shoot things the way that they look. Um, so, you know, I've, I've always, 
I was like showing people the original photo compared to what I've done to it. And I like to keep the, the genuine aspect of the image the same always. Like I like the image to be how it is. I don't like to over Photoshop or anything. In fact, I don't have Photoshop. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Don't, I don't have Photoshop. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there for the world. <laughs> see, Saavedra, that would explain why all my buzzwords earlier were falling flat. She doesn't even own Photoshop. It's so hard to say that, though, because people will take that in positive and negative <laughs> ways. It, like, I mean, I do I do have Lightroom. I have Aperture. I have all kinds of editing programs that I can use. It's just what I choose to use and how much I choose to use it. So, only, only ugly people get worried when you tell them you don't have Photoshop. When you're like, I don't have Photoshop, they'll be like, <laughs> ugly people are like, oh, Fuck, really? You can't clean me up? You can't fix this? Fuck. Well, no, I mean, just because I don't use Photoshop doesn't mean I don't <laughs> not edit. There's other programs, like I'm saying. I mean, Lightroom oh, okay. is a great program. Photoshop is a great program. I just feel like in the time that I didn't have Photoshop, Lightroom became more prevalent and more photographers were using it, and so I just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to try this out. But as it is, I mean, I just still do very basic editing um, I've had someone recently reach out to me and ask me to send me to send them some of my photos um, to edit, which I think is fine. I mean, I, I don't really know how to take that. Like the person who asked me was is a great photographer and someone who I really respect and, and look up to a lot. And he's just very adamant about me sending him a couple photos so he can edit them and show me what he's done. Just I guess his his belief is that it would take me to the next level to be able to to do something a little different. And I don't want to say I don't have the skills to do that. It's just that I don't necessarily use them. Mm. That makes sense because mm. I don't know. I don't know who this person is that's offering assistance like that. But like sometimes producers uh, or musicians or whatever will like it, offer input, sometimes unsolicited, sometimes solicited. But uh, sometimes they'll offer input and they'll be like, yeah, you should do this. You should do this. The real good guy in that situation, if you're doing it unsolicited, says, you should do this, but I wouldn't care if you don't. But the guy who's like, you should do it. You should do it my way. And if you don't, I'll be offended. That's, I don't know. I don't think that's his attitude, really, he's, by he's any means. He's nice guy. Honestly, I think he just really, really, really thinks I have a lot of potential or maybe something along those lines. and just wants to see me grow you as an artist. You have insane potential. I, I don't even think potential is the right word. You have, you're like well into it you're like doing very well for yourself thank you you had photos in i'm gonna holy fuck i should have wrote this down Savedra. this is what happens when we do a show at 3 p.m and not 7 15 prime meridian yeah. uh i think you had uh spots picked up you had photos picked up by vice mm -hmm. you yeah. did yeah mm -hmm. which uh article is that which story was that um that was actually photos i did of Jay Swift, the producer from Far Side. That's right. Um, he was stuck in Canada. In limbo. Yeah, he was stuck yeah. here, and it was actually a really, really unfortunate situation that that he was in. And I was told by kids, by by Mizzy, that he would be at an event that they were throwing uh, at Calabash Bistro, just in Gastown, and you know, it seemed like a perfect opportunity, especially for me. I mean, The Far Side was probably the first ever 90s hip-hop group I fell in love with. So it was a big deal for me, yeah. for sure. And, <laughs> you know, I never in my life ever thought I'd have that opportunity. And then there it was pretty much a day later. So because yeah, he great. He's a, a producer with some legendary yeah. records. But, man, he he's 
been up and down through his career and a Absolutely, lot of different yeah. uh, personal struggles, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was pretty tough. I actually ran into him. Yeah. I don't know if I, I've never told this story, but it was during that time when he was in Vancouver yeah. here. He's not, he's not here anymore, right? He's not here anymore. No, okay. he's, he's home. Because that article that Vice did on him, and you, you did the photos for it, right? They, they picked up your photos for it. Um, I met him maybe a week after that article came out. Mm-hmm. This guy came up to me. I was leaving, I don't know where I was, liquor store or something like that? Left the, left the liquor store, most likely, and uh, ran into this guy. And this guy said, uh, hey, do you happen to have a cigarette? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't smoke cigarettes. And he goes, oh, okay. He goes, uh, you may have heard of me, maybe not. My name is Jay Swift. I uh, produced, and I finished his spiel. And I was like, yeah, you produced Pass Me By by the Far Side. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, yeah, what's up? And I was like, I'm MD. I uh, produced kids. They just did your benefit, like, last week. I was yeah. like, Paige Sierra. She did your photo shoot that ended up in Vice. And so this guy was, like, ready to give me a big spiel and yeah. whatever. And I was like, uh, I just already, already knew everything about it. But anyway, I ended up giving him a lift. He, he's like, hey, give me a ride up the street. I was like, sure, no problem. So we gave him a ride up the road. And uh, I, I never saw him again. He was like Chris Kringle. Really? He like tapped his nose twice and he's gone. He was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, so the period of time, I mean, I think he was here for possibly a month, maybe even a little bit more. But the time when he was here, it was, you know, it was a really unfortunate situation for him. He couldn't yeah. work legally here. So it was a yeah. struggle for him to make money. And, you know, he didn't really have a solid place to stay. And he had just, I mean, he just came here for a show like yeah. when the far side performed he came here and then the next thing like someone was telling me he was still in town and i had actually gone and photographed the, the far side show so i knew how long he was yeah, here for no kidding you know it was like he didn't even have clothes like he had like what he had in his suitcase you know a couple overnight things and that's right i remember going over the kid's house and being like hey kelvin like can you guys do you have any extra clothes like he doesn't have even another hoodie here it's like such a shitty situation for someone like you in my mind who is an absolute legend like someone he's like an iconic yeah Yeah. it was it was strange i gotta tell Mm -hmm. you giving him the ride i was thinking in my head i was like okay i was like so this is what can happen to a legend yeah i was like what like in my head it was very strange trip it yeah. was definitely, for me, I mean, I had a lot of time to get to know him, and, and it was a blessing for me. I mean, he was very influential in my life, for sure, and, you know, all, lots of other musicians as well, and I've had many opportunities to meet very influential people who I've loved and respected, which is amazing, and I, you know, thank the world every day for, for those meetings, but it was it was hard to see somebody who you respect go through such a, you know, vulnerable time and such a, sh- just a shitty state of mind, and I know that he was very, very grateful for the people that he met here and the kids and, you know, everybody over at the Alexander were very supportive of him, and yeah. I just feel very blessed that I could be a part of that, and he even told me, <laughs> one of the last <laughs> things he said to me was, he's like, Paige, if I ever lose you as a friend, I've really fucked up in life, and wow. that was such a nice and like you know that's such an amazing thing to hear for, from someone like that you dude know? it was Jay Swift moment, I mean yeah. fuck what are you saying? like yeah. such a crazy thing but yeah that's weird I never told that story before so well thanks for sharing that. it yeah, yeah I'm glad I shared it with yeah. you yeah he's a very good man good heart and he's gone through some very unfortunate things in his life and it is it is eye-opening to see somebody like that who you respect and to see you know where they can end up later in their life and yeah. mm-hmm. you know you always look in the mirror and wonder that could potentially be you. It happens all the time. Happens you know? all, the, all time. the time. In the industry, yeah. it's like I don't know. Like yeah. you, you get fucking like you can get stuck literally yeah. in limbo, and and just be, you know, 
Mm. I don't know. All the contacts in the world don't matter when the government yeah. says you can't. Yeah, that's, that's true. Well, that situation was so unfortunate for him, but you know, it, it was a it was kind of a, a nice blessing for me to be able to have that experience, and definitely, you know, being published in Vice was awesome, also. So it was great. Yeah. And he was so fun to photograph. I like for the first time shooting someone. You know, it's, it's always a little awkward at times with with photographing them, but he was great. Like he was so into it, and just to have somebody like that be like, "These are amazing photos," really you know, puts a fire under your ass to make you work a little bit harder. <laughs> but it's people like him in my life who have, who have pushed me to be where I am and, and to, you know, just in general, not be afraid to, to do what I want to do and just getting rid of that fear and not being afraid to approach someone that I want to photograph or something is, is what's gotten me here. I think, especially in the last two years, yeah. as soon as you kill the, the inner fear that surrounds steps like that, you can do, you can yeah. do pretty much anything. That's it's, exactly yeah. how it went for me and get know, out of your own way yeah exactly oh man it takes a lot to even notice that fear in yourself you know to be able to say like well i should do this but then just step away from it to be able to be like no don't do that and actually just like go after it is is so important and that is exactly what i did and you know there's a specific moment where i remember doing that and i swear everything changed after that and i was just no longer afraid and i felt like i started manifesting everything that i was yeah. creating and um Real quick, I'm just going to throw it in there, but Mocha Only was a big part of that for me. Friend of the show, Mocha yes. Only. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I, I grew up listening to Swole members and and being like, you know, I've, I've always loved hip-hop, and I loved, I loved them, and I loved Moke because he's an amazing person, an amazing friend. Moke's illustrious. He's pretty great. He looks illustrious. He's actually performing... Um, at the Alexander for the Illa J tribute in March, so everybody should come out and what check that out. What day is that? Do you know what day? It's the first Thursday, which is, I think, the third. I think that yeah. is the third, because yeah. the Conor McGregor fight is on March <laughs> 5th, I believe, which is the Saturday. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. so the third? Yeah. Let's say the third. It's going to be, that'll be, I'm actually really, really looking forward to that show. It'll be good. But um, my experience with, with Moke, I guess it just it, lightly touch on on that is yeah uh, please Moke's a fucking gem there's so many stories yeah. about him but I would love to hear your your stories <laughs> one view of him would be fantastic yeah no he I mean he's he's great but he was definitely a big push for me and I don't think he even really knows this but I'm sure he'll he'll listen and hear it now but um there was a show actually kids were opening for him and I think this must have been two Februarys ago now almost two years ago but he was at the show, and it was the first time I had seen him perform since I was 16 years old. I saw, on my 16th birthday, New Year's Eve, I saw Swole Members perform in Calgary. That was the last time I ever saw a performance by, by him or, or anything like that. And wow. He was, it was a fortune, and he was just kind of like there in the little, you know, that little side room where they do yeah. the merch there. The pseudo yeah. green room? The not pseudo the, green room, yeah. yeah. Not the real green room, yeah. Yeah, and, and me and Calvin from Kids were just totally fangirling over him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh my God! There he is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is a Vancouver legend we're talking about. You know, he is a he's, he's a he's legend just, to me. He's just a fucking legend. Period. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of when I had him on the podcast here, uh, when we had him, he, he was uh, uh, one of the main themes we kept coming back to was he was like, uh, I don't understand why people uh, say like, oh, you're 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 a dope Canadian rapper or you're a dope. Canadian producer. He's mm -hmm. like, he's like, I'm just a dope producer. Yeah. I'm just a dope rapper. I'm just, I'm this, I'm that, you know, whatever. And, 
I, I love that view, man, because it kills all the borders and yeah. all the separation of like classifications because it really should just be what it is. It's like, is it dope? Is it not? That's it. The internet yeah. is completely unlocked all those doors. You don't have to hide behind these small imaginary lines on a map anymore and mm -hmm. be like, well, you're pretty good for Manitoba. Yeah. But, uh... I think they still say that about Manitoba. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, but they still I say mean, that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you're very right, Mike. But, <laughs> I see what you're saying. You know, breaking down borders is kind of yeah. what progressing in life is yeah. about. And so, Moke, like, yeah. literally did that yeah. for music. So, yeah, yes. good, good, uh... Good on you for Great like, guy. falling yeah. in with him. Yeah. He's he, a good well, guy. yeah, I gotta, I gotta put a lot of that on him, too, because um, my, you know, at that show when I reached out to him, what, which I was totally afraid to do, and noticed that fear in me and was like, fuck it, Paige, you just gotta go and talk to this person. You know, this is somebody who's been influential in your life for a while. And I did. And it was the best thing I ever did. And I remember, like, you know, I told him the last time I saw you perform was at the show, and, and he remembered the show that I was talking about oh, yeah. specifically. Um, because he said it was the most amount of money he had ever made in the shortest amount of time, which I thought was really <laughs> unique, unique little piece of information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd never forget yeah. that either. And, Jesus. And actually, the, the next day, he reached out to me on Twitter and was like, hey, are you the girl I talked to in the, the hallway of Fortune? And I was like, certainly is. And, you know, next thing I know, I was shooting with him and just did some poster stuff with him. And, I, like, I love to, to shoot with him. He's a big influence in my life, and I really thank him for you know, being the person that I was like, fuck it, Paige, just go for it. Cause... He's illustrious, but you know what? You're illustrious, too. Well, how are we, how are we doing for time over here, brother? We doing okay? We good? 17. 17? Oh, geez. A little over. Oh, shit. I think that's okay, though. How do you feel? You feel comfortable? Good, yeah. It's a little cold in here. It's a little chillier than you think. I was but expecting it to be warm in here. It's warm as fuck outside of these glass doors because yeah. they, they have these float tanks. Have you ever done float tanks? I haven't, no. It's I pretty cool. We'll have to get you a pamphlet. <laughs> I just, you. I don't know. You shouldn't I'm... be scared. First of all, it's so amazing. It's like one of the best things I've ever done in my life. I feel Maybe. like I would probably really enjoy it, but I think the initial, like, getting into it and closing the door, like, I'm claustrophobic in a tanning bed, so I oh. just don't know how well it would go <laughs> over for me. Like... You love it. It's so inviting. <laughs> it's like you're in a hot tub. It's super, it's relaxing. It's, Does it's water a, get in your ears? Because a... I have vertigo, and that might no. throw me off. <laughs> No, it's not like a hot tub. It's a hot tub with a cover. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. Yeah, it's like a. When it's you a hot breathe, tub. is it like, <sighs> no. like you can like hear it because it like echoes? Well, it's like this. Like you brought up, does water get in your ears? <laughs> well, Paige Sierra, at this location, they offer you not only latex uh, ear plugs, but they also offer you silicone and plastic and whatever whatever oh. fits you best, basically. Okay. So yeah. your ears are completely sealed. You lay in the water. The water covers just past your ear holes, and you float in like 800 pounds of Epsom salt, and you absorb magnesium, and you relax, and it's like a spa for your mind. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful experience. And you should try it out. I'm, I have plans to do it. To I do always it? have had plans. It's just, you know, when it comes up. Are you going to utilize our podcast promo, <laughs> II Podcast? That's not nautical, bitches. It's I, lowercase i, lowercase i. Uh, aye, aye. Aye, aye, yeah. That was um, my response to your whether or not I'm going to do Do you have it. stuff coming up that you want to, <laughs> you want people to come attend and check out? Um, you know what? I don't have too much going on right now. Um, you always have something in the works. There is always something in the works, yeah. yes. Um, recently started a little uh, online consignment shop with my friend Claire Mortefi, <gasps> a local Vancouver musician. Very talented Very girl. Very talented Claire Mortefi, yes. Was leaving me for California, but, but we'll you're there all okay. the time, I so it's not really leaving <laughs> 
Uh, we started a little online shop it's called Haters Need Love. It's um, <laughs> basically kind of our way of just... Do you like um, that name, Seymour? That was pretty good. It's good, right? <laughs> we had to fight for our Instagram name. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But actually, we, we tried, and the girl wouldn't give it up, so we just made it Haters Need Love Shop Oh yeah. on Instagram. Um, but we, we had a little sale on Sunday, and it was so great. It was just one of the you know, one of the funnest experiences, met some of the most amazingly talented women. And that was just such an important thing for me. It's not very often you get to be in a room full of really powerful and talented women. Cause they're like, great. what do you call them? They're like pop-up. Yeah, we just did a little pop-up shop. We're gonna do another one, um, probably in March cause Claire will be back a little bit in March and that's the plan. Hopefully we'll be doing it at a bigger venue rather than in my studio. <laughs> um, cause turning my apartment into a shop for 12 hours was, a lot of work, yeah, for sure. Yeah, a little more hectic maybe than you planned. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, we're working with a charity called Pi Global, which is a very important charity to both Claire and I. Uh, they, they basically help empower youth through creative endeavors like music, photography, any aspect of creativity, basically just, you know, helping troubled all youth. youth. All youth? Or yes. Troubled youth? All, all, all youth. All youth. All youth, yes. Because mm -hmm. all, all youth, youth are troubled at some point. You know, I think there all youth need um, to be steered in a certain direction. I think yeah. it's, you know, you, you hear all the time, people don't know what they want to do with their life. And that's like, you know, I don't think that's an issue by any means to be <laughs> young and to not know what you want to do. I mean, I do feel like I'm very grateful that this is something I've always wanted to do. And, you know, I've had to work really hard at it. And I'm lucky that I've been doing it for so long. But, I mean, being creative is a hard in any way, being an artist is a hard field to, you know, make a living. And so if you can have that positive encouragement from anywhere, it's, it's, it's so important. You it's, know, it's critical. Yeah, it's very critical. It's what makes you an outlier. Yeah. I believe that had I had that kind of motivation in my own life when I was younger, that, that push to, to be creative and to pursue photography more, I think I may actually be in a different place um, with my photography or, or my life. But honestly, I mean, I've always been very independent so i don't mind god damn you're, you're doing pretty awesome so i'd be <laughs> fucking scared at that situation <laughs> that'd be terrifying you'd be, you're, you're already doing so well Paige sierra how can people follow you if they want to follow you online instagram is the best way to follow me because you have amazing yeah. photos up there and i have to say i fucking follow and i love it yeah. and uh i'm gonna make Savedra and seymour follow you too please because, do uh yeah it's yeah. amazing and how uh, what's uh what's your Instagram handle. So it's Paige with an I and then the letter X, Sierra, like the truck. P A I G E X. Sierra. S I E R A. Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot to spell my own name. <laughs> it happens. I don't write it very often. Paige Sierra, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Make sure you go ahead and follow her and uh, make sure you subscribe uh, to Intergalactic Interviews. You can always do so uh, very easily. Just go to iTunes, subscribe to us. We're on iTunes now, bitches. How about that? How mm. about that? We had to fucking call up Zombie Steve Jobs to make it happen. It was very difficult. It took so long, but we finally have figured it out 75 episodes deep and we got itunes finally god damn i don't know another podcast that followed that it's, it's like a real podcast yeah, hey we're, we're hey we're yeah. at the big kids table now. yeah um we uh we're very uh very happy to have everyone check out the show every week and uh, uh you know we usually do like a hard hour but recently since we moved to this new space time just fucking flies here so uh we appreciate everyone sticking it through we're on tank time, baby. Tank time. Uh, we, uh, we're really appreciative to Floathouse. Uh, you guys check out floathouse.ca. Again, that promo code, if you want to get 20% off Float, it's uh, IIPodcast. Uh, enter it in the promo code on the website when you check it out. Or you can do it in person, too. I'm pretty fucking sure. 
Other than that, uh, Mr. Savedra, how can people uh, follow you online? Uh, you can follow me at the Savedra on Twitter. That's T H E S A A V E D R A. Is yeah, that correct? Not bad. Sweet. Bow. And Seamart, uh, do you want people following you? You're, nope. Seamart <laughs> would rather you and just do not follow. Drink and not follow him. <laughs> yeah. You can always follow me at MD underscore Boomsday. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever the fuck good podcast are found i don't know we'll do it like that what? uh i was <laughs> trying to say wherever fine goods are sold <laughs> so i was gonna say that <laughs> but i'm not in walmart kids okay uh ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in this week why don't you say goodbye to these fine people there Paige? well i actually kind of want to say happy family day in oh, uh, yeah. being happy family day so real quick i want to say happy family day to dy peril brad oh, the yeah. kids and uh, everybody over at the alexander happy family day to my extended families and Aww. And thank you for having me on the show. Happy family day to you, Very anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> so we appreciate this. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you. We'll see you guys all next week. Woo!